its seventh season. The Lapped Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back, relax, and try not to get lapped. Now, here is your host, the Professor Brendan Crow. Oh, yeah. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 305 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. You don't typically equate boring and Sin City in the same sentence, but a lot of you had that impression this past weekend. We will get into that here in just a bit. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I was on dad duty all weekend. Lindsay had a girl's trip, left Thursday afternoon. Alden and I picked her up at the airport and got back about 30 laps into uh, segment one on Sunday. So I missed about the first half of segment one. All I have to say is a one-year-old and a 40-year-old all by themselves for three days. I can sum that up in one word for you. Tired. That that would be the word of the weekend for me, but I had a great time. I mean, it, it you know, some some daddy-son time was awesome. Uh, we went to we went to breakfast, we went to lunch, we went to the store, we hung out. Uh, anything to keep him occupied, I was all about doing. And there's that. Yeah. Uh, he helped me prep and cook the uh, pork butt, which was awesome, by the way. Thank you for those that encourage my uh, pictures of all of my food that I love to cook. And yeah, we did all that. Watched some racing. Thankfully, the in-laws came over on Saturday night to watch him for a couple hours so Dad could go out for a bit, which was awesome. So busy weekend. And, and here we are back to the grind. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's show, episode 304, with Derek Cope, who talked about his new book and podcast. Great to have him on, as well as Arca Daytona winner Greg Van Alst, and also in the Arca series last week, Sean Kaur, and he's also the co-owner of Empire Racing. Great to get their takes on things as well. Last Thursday, hopped on Twitter Spaces with Brian Newdorf. It was his first time doing that. Had a bunch of people hop in, which was great, and looked forward to coming back uh, at some point later this week with Aaron Studwell. So uh, be on the lookout for that on social media. Let's see. There's still time to sign up for Lap Traffic Fantasy. All you got to do is send an email to fantasylaptraffic at gmail.com. Get you registered and all that good stuff. And, uh, I mean, you're a three-week three, three week deficit, but, man, I mean, as you'll hear later on in the fantasy segment, it's it's a tight battle, and it's close, but it's it's not out of, stri- it's not out of reach by any means. So uh, come play if you want. Okay, tonight, very excited because good friend of mine, like really good friend of mine, not just saying that, like legit friend of mine uh, from Yahoo Sports, Dan Wetzel is going to be on. And uh, we're going to have a a football-themed show because you can't have Dan Wetzel on and not talk a little football, as well as later in the show for the Catching Up With the Lap Traffic podcast, third installment of getting your guys' takes a first-hand takes from being at the racetrack, former NFL player and competitor on Next Level Chef, 
Mark McMillian was at the race this past weekend. And, you know, sometimes all you got to do is just reach out to people. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So he's going to come on. We're going to – I mean, how do you not talk football with a, you know, some someone that played in the NFL for eight years. And there, there's a – so Mark went to Alabama. He played for a handful of teams, including the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a funny – twist that I'm going to work the Detroit Lions into that and it's it's pretty interesting and I I'm can't wait to get his take on that so uh that's later on in the show fantasy all that good stuff let's dive right in let's get Mr. Dan Wetzel back on the line all right lap traffic nation joining me on the line making his third appearance on the show he's written books he's produced he covers it all i have the honor of calling him a friend from yahoo sports welcome back to the lap traffic podcast dan wetzel what's up brother what's up man how are you i am good what's new how are things haven't seen you since your birthday party i i know right it's uh it's it's been it's crazy to think that was three months ago (laughs) (laughs) i know it's been too long yeah yeah uh what's uh i mean listen so i got i mean i know i it's been a minute since you've been on so there's a lot of new listeners so dan and i um we go back i think like eight ten years now uh when Bob introduced us at 24 seconds and then there were some opening day games and some other events and all of that good stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a ride and I'm, I'm yeah, honored to have you on the time. show. Yeah. I don't think you're doing as much bar time now that you got a one-year-old. No, that's, that's an accurate story. Quick. Yeah. That's, the morning start coming real quick they when, do. They, when they're, they're yeah, they're there waiting for you. Well, that they, so uh, Lindsay was out of town over the weekend, and my in-laws came over to give me a little reprieve on Saturday night, but that still did not stop him from getting up at 6.30 on Sunday morning. So, no. <laughs> they, uh, no, I think they I think they know when you go out. Yeah, and they, uh... yeah. it's, it's almost uh, more on purpose that they do it, too. So, but, um, so yeah, man, um, so... Let's see. You uh, you were on the Drew and Mike podcast a couple weeks ago, and uh, I mean, you do big time stuff. So I I can't thank you enough for for coming on the Lat Traffic podcast, talking a little football, a little NASCAR, and all that good stuff. Always good. Always happy to come on. This is big time. Let's do it. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to talk some NASCAR. We'll save that for the end. We got to talk some football because tonight's kind of a, a hybrid crossover show. Because I've got uh, later on in the show, uh, Mark McMillian, who played for the Eagles and the Chiefs, was on uh, Next Level Chef with Gordon Ramsay, and he was at the race this weekend. So I'm going to catch up with him, and nice. I've got I've got a, a a stat with him. Like he played the Lions twice in the playoffs, and the Lions have only been in the playoffs three times since then, so I think he needs to come out of retirement, and maybe the Lions could make their way to the playoffs. <laughs> how'd, how'd those go, though? They didn't um, go so well for the Lions. No, 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 they definitely did not go very well for the Lions at all. Uh, but but speaking of the Lions, uh, they are the favorites, according to Vegas, for the NFC North right now. I mean, it's it's draft talk, and draft talk is is always gets big in in Metro Detroit because that's really all we've had to be able to talk about is the draft. So, what what do you think of how the Lions ended up finishing their season and uh, how things are shaping up for them in the off season right now? 
Yeah, they're, although they're definitely the favorite, and uh, Aaron Rodgers could be headed to to the Jets, which would get him out of there. Uh, that certainly doesn't uh, hurt their chances. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they finally started playing um, kind of what, at least to the potential, some of the potential that, that you, you thought they would have had after that, that we didn't see in the disastrous start, but... I thought the really promising thing was was Goff's play. I mean, obviously the young defense, the defensive line, um, the number of draft picks at, at not only the not only like Hutchinson, but guys deeper in the draft that are playing well. Um, <laughs> the idea that Jared Goff can be more than a placeholder and and you know maybe good enough to to get him to the playoffs and and, and win a playoff game. Um, is I think pretty exciting for the Lions. I don't think they have to go out and draft a quarterback here and, and spend um, spend a valuable draft pick on a QB. Sure, sure. Uh, I think golf's good enough, and so uh, you know um, that that's a huge advantage. So they've got you know they've got a, a bunch of guys in the top hundred picks, and and they have really have a chance to bolster this uh, in in a big way and and uh, get a lot of really good talent. So. Uh, I'd love to see him add one more defensive lineman and just have a killer defensive line that uh, that seems to be shaping up with Hutchinson and Houston and everybody else. Well, we saw what them having the highest paid offensive line last year did. It allowed them to go out there and score points, which they did, you know. So there is something to be said about a a high paid, whether offensive or defensive line, and I think that would be amazing. The thing that, you know, when I look back and it, it – it's frustrating, but not the typical frustration from a Lions fan. And, and that is, you know, how many games, those first six games that they lost by, you know, three, a field goal, basically. And just one more of those games would have gotten them into the playoffs last year because you're not talking about too many teams, even like, you know, your Tampa Bay's, uh, your Kansas City Chiefs, like to, to go on the stretch that they went on to close out the season, you know, teams don't do that. Like that takes a good team to be able to go and do that. And, you know, it's it's I, I really hope they can carry that momentum going into next year. Yeah, they better. I mean, the <clears throat> Metro Detroit is. Uh, yeah, is fired up for it. You know, it's it's like uh, they haven't had anything for so long and. They obviously had some good years under Stafford and and uh, Calvin Johnson and some different times when they they you know they made the playoffs and were real contenders. But I don't know. This just feels a little different. It's a really likable team, yeah. um, likable coach, the whole thing. And so just that anticipation is uh, is so much for the Lions, man. If they ever, I, it's amazing. Like they're a team. I mean, fans will get greedy really quick, but just winning one playoff game would mean so much the Lions fans just hosting and winning oh my they God. could win the division and beat somebody at home they, uh, which really this, isn't that much to ask Jacksonville no. did it last year right <laughs> like just do that the NFC is garbage it's not that good there's a you know they don't they, just that would be so big for for the Lions uh, and so exciting for the Lions. It's uh, it's amazing. City would lose its mind there is no doubt about yeah. that. Uh, Dan did you go to the Super Bowl this year? I did. Yeah. How was it? I mean, from, you well, know, break it down. I mean, we, we all game. know how the game was. Right. The game was great. But, like, you know, I, I've 
done the media side thing, obviously getting into a NASCAR race, which is obviously different from, uh, you know, a fan attending a race. Well, what's it like as as a media guy getting into the, the, the Super Bowl? Like what what's what's that weekend look like for you? Well, it's a whole week. Uh, so you go as a media, you go on Monday before the game uh, and they have that um, what they call opening night, but used to be called media day. And that huge throng at the, um, you know, we did, we did it at the basketball stadium, um, you know, where the Suns play downtown Phoenix and, you know, those throngs of media and all of that. And so it's a long, uh, it's a long week of hype and talk and, and looking for angles and different things. Um, but uh, Phoenix was, you know, great weather. So that was good. Uh, it was fairly convenient because, we were down downtown Phoenix and the city's not really that crowded and stuff. So uh, waste management open was going on at the exact same time. Yeah. So it was a really wild uh, weekend out there. Um, you'd That's see these become a come thing. That oh, it's huge. Yeah. Huge. And they get huge attendance, like what? six figure attendance every day. So you'd be in like, I was thinking it was like Thursday or Friday. I was just downtown and it's night and I see this like couple guys and you can tell they're kind of, got a little too much sun and they're just it's about nine o'clock and they're they're stumbling about they're cooked so what what <laughs> i'm like well, just, they went to the golf man <laughs> what uh you know i mean obviously you think of the big you know the you know augusta and all that kind of stuff when you think of golf you know what, what's turned this thing into like the the current day happy gilmore of golf yeah i think they just embrace the party you know they have that 16th hole and They've got, I think it's like 30,000 seats around that Yeah, hole. it's nuts. And so everyone's partying there. They have DJs. They just have bars set up outside everywhere. I, I haven't been, but I've seen it. And I think they just embrace the, you know, make it a bachelor's weekend, make it a, a, a you know, a bachelorette weekend, a party, whatever it is, just come and and it's golf that's, that's a little different. It's okay to be loud and, and wild. And uh, they've really turned themselves into a huge event and um the pga has kind of responded i thought pretty well by now uh i don't know if they make them or you know it's it's highly encouraged that their best players play in it so why not have your your top players right uh compete in the because you know it's not like nascar where every race racer drives every week sure um, I remember talking years ago to Jimmy Johnson being, and he'd be like, man, I wish we had it like golf where you just, you know, show you, up you for the ones your, you want to. <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 races or something, you know, cause NASCAR is such a grind. I mean, it's, you know, and I, I mean, we're not going to overplay it. These guys are coal miners, but like week after week after week on the, on the road, four or five, at least five nights a week, um, you know, racing and unlike any other sport, you have to be sharp or, I mean, you can get not just seriously injured, but you can be killed. Absolutely. I mean, this is not, you, if you're, you're mentally checked out of a golf tournament. Oh, well, right. you, you just right. don't score. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You check you're out at a NASCAR race. Yeah. <laughs> Backstretch at Talladega or Daytona and it's going to end really poorly. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> the men, you know, I don't know if anybody ever gets the credit because I don't even know how you really even quantify it. Like, I, you can you can say it and be like, "Oh yeah, it's really hard," but like, I don't even know if we know how hard. No, um, no. It's... I mean, these guys have to be on every and and then you know some of them obviously can do it, and and there would always be the guys that would 
you know, you get your like Tony Stewart, not only would they race like the uh, the Saturday race and whatever they were calling the, uh, you know, whatever. Bush. Yeah. 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 Bush series, whatever. They just add another race. Like, my God, you'd throw in another 300 miles. and But then you'd see them like Wednesday, like dirt, dirt track racing midgets in like Indiana or some hey, you know Ohio. It. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, these guys are just built to race. They yep. just can't do it any other way. But Kyle Bush um, did it this past weekend. He ran all yeah, three, Kyle Bush. He ran yeah. the truck, the Xfinity and the cup race. So yeah. yeah so some of them are built for it and, and great. Good for them. Yeah. Truck race, um, midweek races, whatever. But I, I think there's like a guy like Jimmy Johnson was like, cause he never did any of that. He just would do the cup race. And uh, I do remember him talking about like, man, that wouldn't be so bad if you just like, you know, eh, you know, maybe you don't go to, I don't know, whatever. Right. Yeah. I'll show up for this one. Richmond. Yeah. You know, just sort of some race. It's like, yeah, I'll take that week off, uh, see my kids. But, um, um, so yeah, they, they make them all go to that. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was an active weekend, but we were busy. Lot, lot to do. It was a good game and Super Bowl is always, always fun. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned Jimmy Johnson, you know, he, he retired from NASCAR a couple of years ago and went and did the, uh, the IndyCar thing and now is, is back in NASCAR co-owner with, uh, Richard Petty. And uh, he ran the 500 Daytona 500 a couple weeks ago, and he's gonna he's gonna run a handful of races and and get back out there at the track every once in a while. So he's doing what he wanted to do, just uh, won't be able to compete for a championship doing it that way. Right, right, and that's you know I mean back back when he was doing that, it was it was all I mean what are the 40 is it 43 weeks? So now uh, NASCAR is 36. Like the All Star race, yeah, 36. But 36. then there's the All Star race. Yep. Is that yeah. count- that, that no, that's separate. That? Okay. That's thirty-seven. So that's thirty-seven. Then you got the race and before Daytona. Daytona's a couple weeks. Yep. Daytona's kind of a and then yeah. So that's a long season. It, it, yeah, I guess well, I had it too many, but that's a long season. But yeah, he's doing what he wants. But obviously, you know, in golf, you know, you can just come back and compete in the majors, and then you can still qualify enough to play in the FedEx Championship, which obviously isn't as big of a deal as as winning. And that's that's why winning the cup is so big because it's uh not you have to be great numerous times but you also have to survive the the it's like almost a, a battle of attrition sure. right yeah you have absolutely. to you got to you have to do it all there's no there's no shortcuts to winning the the cup and that's why there's it's such a such a treasured event where i, I don't think it's as big of a deal in uh you know in golf fair enough um uh, Dan, you didn't. I don't think you made it to the Daytona 500 this year, but you've been to a few of those bad boys, haven't you? I probably covered about ten of them. Yeah, no I kidding. used to love it. I wish we were still covering it. Yeah. You, yeah oh, so Yahoo doesn't 10. do any. Uh, there's, there's no, uh, no love over there no. anymore, eh? No, we still cover it. Nick Bromberg does a lot, and and Jay Busby will write some, and we'll do some. But we we used to cover a bigger. We used to have a pretty big, pretty big presence at Daytona. Okay. Um, and even across the year, you know, across the year at different races. I mean, I just always cover the last one at Homestead, uh, okay. you know, usually in one or two kind of, you in, know, in Arizona between. used to be big, um, you know, or Phoenix. Yeah. Like different ones that in, in the cup chase that were sure that were significant, um, uh, you know, Texas sometimes, I don't know which ones would kind of be pressure points. A lot of Phoenix. I remember that. Okay. But, um, yeah, so we still do some, but I I have not gone. Unfortunately, yeah, the, I I wish the 
the ratings would would pop back up to make it to make it worth it. There's, yeah, yeah. Well, I tell I you, loved it. I've been trying to get. Uh, uh, you know, Bob from uh, our, our favorite place, twenty four seconds yeah. to a, to a race. Maybe one of these days, uh, we can we can load up in his RV and I can get uh, get you guys out to Michigan for. Uh, That's right. He's weekend. got the RV. He he's does got have no the RV. excuse. No, he does yeah, not. Yeah, he's got his little fifth wheel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We gotta we gotta get we gotta do that. We gotta make that happen. I tell people all the time, like, okay, two things you want to do is you want to go to a race, or even if you're at home, watch. Pick a driver to, you're going to root for. Yep. Because it, it focuses you. Uh, and then uh, watch the whole race. But yeah. particularly if you, go, you know, go, go is better. But it, it's it's a hard sport to just kind of jump in for a couple minutes and be like, what's going on? Right. You have to watch the whole race. And that's hard in modern times. Um, hockey's a little like that, too. You kind of have to watch the whole game. And, and we're built to, you know, Hey, even football, you know, it's like, well, it's the four, last five minutes. Mahomes has got the ball. I'll watch now or what's going to happen at the end of an NBA basketball game or something. You can kind of, you know, it's all going to come down to this. But but NASCAR is, is a sport you, you to really, I think, fall in love with. You need to have a rooting interest and you got to concentrate for the whole you know, three, four hours. No doubt about that. That's for sure. Uh, Dan, what's, uh, what do you got? What are you working on? What's, what's coming up from, uh, from Dan Wetzel that people can be on the lookout for? Well, we got a lot of NFL free agency, um, a lot of college football We have the college football inquirer podcast twice a week. So, um, right now, a lot of football, even though it doesn't seem like football season, but it's always football season. It's always football season. I am, yeah. I am convinced that it's always football season. Um, all right, I want to wrap with uh, with this. I gotta, I gotta bring up Jim Harbaugh because <laughs> okay. you know it wouldn't be me talking football if I didn't bring up Jim Harbaugh. What do you think? What's what's going on with Jim in terms of committing to Michigan, but then then doing these interviews every year and then. You know, there's a lot of back and forth. Is it Jim? Is it Michigan? What, what's what's Dan Wetzel's take on what's going on there? It's definitely Jim, but it's it's Jim is so you cannot predict him, and and so he he probably could have had that Denver job, or he got offered the Denver job um, and turned it down. So he he hasn't he's talking to teams, but then not taking the job or not pursuing it all the way, and. Um, when it, you know, when he said he wouldn't do that and it would make sense not to just for recruiting purposes. So right. who knows, but I think he's, he's, um, committed to Michigan and, and, uh, it's got a really good team next year oh and my God. they gotta, you know, they gotta keep recruiting well, but he's, they're, they're really good in the transfer portal and, you know, filling in gaps and, and, and things like that. So, uh, some of these new rules I think have really helped him. Um, where, you know, I think with the, when you get to the transfers, kids, kids who are 20, kids are 16, 17, making college choices. They're, you know, your mindset's a little different than when you're 21. Sure. And, uh, you know, at, at 21, it's like, I, I, I need a really good coach and I need a really good system and I want to win. And maybe the education and all those things really favors him and his, you know, they're, they're less into like how wild, how fun was the, the, the the visit right sure, sure there are you know you know you have kids you know picking schools on colors right, <laughs> right how close yeah. am i to mom right <laughs> things yeah. like that how close am i to home 
yeah, at 21, you don't care. You're like, does this guy know what he's doing? And that's the one thing Harbaugh has always done is he's a great football coach. And so it's interesting to see him going. But this will be obviously a big, big year, especially if McCarthy can develop and, and play a little better in the postseason. Uh, I'm with you there 100%. Dan, where can everybody follow you at on social media and keep up with all things Dan Wetzel? Uh, yeah, at Dan Wetzel on Twitter and um, always over at uh, Yahoo Sports. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for coming on, hanging out. It was great to catch back up with you on the show. And uh, hopefully some some drinks soon at uh, the old stomping grounds, 24 seconds. Hey, you're the one with a one-year-old. You need it. You need <laughs> I do it. need it. <laughs> you deserve it and need it. Yes. Yeah. Should have thought of this before, but now, <laughs> now you're either. pot committed now. Absolutely. All right, man. We'll catch All you right. soon. We'll talk to you. See you, man. Yep. Take Later. care. Oh, the legendary Dan Wetzel. I mean, everybody knows who Dan Wetzel is. That's the best part about it. Everybody's read something from Dan Wetzel, or you watch the Aaron Hernandez piece on Netflix uh, a year or two ago when that came out. It's just so awesome, which it's great to have him on the show. And all right, I think it's time for me to dive into a little bit about this past weekend at uh, Las Vegas. All right, just a couple quick highlights that I want to touch upon and keep things rolling here with the show tonight because still got a lot more to do. Uh, Kyle Busch, truck series, truck win number 63, 38% of his starts, he's in victory lane. Like, that is just, that's unbelievable. Then you look at his 102 Xfinity wins to 28%. Uh, victory lane percentage there. And then Cup, 61 wins, 10% of the time. I mean, 10%. Even if you had 10% in the trucks that as a, as a win percentage, that would be like, you know, something to, to write home about. Um, 227 wins total combined across all three series now. Now, listen, uh, I, I know there's a lot of heat and a lot of, you know, negativity surrounding when guys like Kyle Busch go get into the, you know, the Xfinity series, the, the truck series, you know, and, and I'll tell you, I, I used to be one of those people. There's, I, I'm not even going to deny that aspect of things, but once NASCAR came out with limitations to me, I was able to get behind that a lot more. And, and I also will give a hundred percent credit to a good friend of the show, Jeff Striegel, for setting me on the right path when he broke it down in terms of, yeah, are they going to get out there and are they going to dominate? More than likely, right? Um, but two things. One, when you ask the drivers, um, you know, what it's like to be out on the track behind these guys, they're able to learn. They're able to see when they're lifting in the corners if they're behind, you know, they're able to learn a lot from these guys like Kyle Busch that go out there. And the second thing is just what it does from a sponsorship perspective, and not even so much for that particular driver. Kyle Busch has gone on record multiple times and said him being in the truck helps keep somebody else in one of his other full-time trucks, you know, on a full-time basis because, you know, they just want to be able to say, hey, I had Kyle Busch out there and, you know, the 38 percent chance you know there's going to be a die cast made of that truck and you know promotional stuff and all that surrounding that which is why they come into the sport you know to to sponsor so uh from that regard i mean it, it's just good for the sport when 
they go out there and do that every once in a while. And like I said, especially with the limitations that NASCAR put into place a couple years ago, uh, I, I have gotten on board with this so much more over the years of, you know, hey, this is a cool thing. And also, too, you know, let's let's look at it from the, you know, hey, maybe you can only go to the truck race. Maybe you can only go to the Xfinity race because, hey, you know, let's things are expensive, right? <laughs> Inflation's real, you know? So, you know, maybe you could afford the, the, the you know, whatever the $25, you know, general admission is on, on Friday night or Saturday, but, but not the $100 grandstand ticket on Sunday. And you want to see Kyle Busch run. Well, you know what? Now you can at an affordable price. You know, there's so many different ways to look at it uh, as to why it's a good thing. And, I mean, on top of all of those things, you just got to appreciate greatness. And there is greatness. We are witnessing history in terms of something we may never see before, especially because of the limited starts. You know, we're not going to see someone go out and win 200 cup races, right? And because of the limitations now, you know, you're not going to see someone go out and win 100 Xfinity races because either, A, they're not going to be good enough to cut it that long, or they'll move up into the next, the Cup Series. And again, you ain't going to win 200 Cup races in your career, like Petty, you know, right? Like, we haven't seen anybody come close to Senior, to Gordon, you know, Jimmy Johnson even, you know. So we're, we're witnessing history and something that probably is never going to be repeated. So, Take it in, enjoy it, uh, you know, 10 years, 15 years from now, when you're talking to your friends, your kids, whatever, you know, you're going to be able to reflect back and go, I remember when. And, and that's the cool thing, uh, I think, anyway. So there's, there's, my, there's my rant on Kyle Busch in a positive way there. Uh, Austin Hill, Xfinity Series, you know, from helping turn around Hattori Racing in the Truck Series to picking up win number two in three races this year uh, with RCR. Had a good year with RCR last year as well. You know, back-to-back -back, uh, season openers at Daytona for him. Uh, Austin Hill's going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think, which is awesome because it's not just the plate tracks now. You know, to go out there, win like he did in, at the mile-and-a-half track, uh, you know, RCR, they're, uh, they're moving and grooving. Now, I got to talk about my man Cole Custer. You know, he dominated the first half of Auto Club, couldn't close it out, okay, uh, and then struggled this past weekend, 12th place finish, and, you know, hey, Brandon, what's 12th place ain't bad. It ain't bad, but, you know, seeing where Cole Custer came from when he was in the Xfinity Series, battling it out, uh, you know, with Tyler Reddick when they had seven, eight wins apiece, and competing for an Xfinity Series championship, struggling in cup, and now going, you know, we've seen it work for a couple guys, right? You know, we've seen Allgaier, who went back down to the Xfinity Series, ton of success. Uh, we, we've seen it with A.J. Allmendinger, who actually stepped away from the sport and now, uh, you know, had success in Xfinity, now back full-time in Cup. That's one of the rarities to the you know, to the to go back to Cup and let's see what he's able to do. Um, you know, uh, this is a this is a pivotal year for Cole Custer. I obviously, you know, I want to see him do well, of course, but um, you know, and I know it's only three races in, but I think just from a, a, a mental standpoint, uh, it could be real easy to fall into a slump if some success isn't found there quickly in that double zero, which I hope they get. And uh, maybe they'll get it this weekend in Phoenix. Um, all right. 
William Byron dominated that race. Larson would have won that thing had that caution not come out. Uh, Truex just got swallowed alive staying out there on the restart. You know, was it boring? Was it not boring? I mean, I, I can see that take 100%. Uh, you know, I, th I think it, we expected a little bit more, you know, I know they're working on some things still from a package perspective on what they're going to be bringing to the mile and a half and, you know, first mile and a half race of the year teams were feeling things out. I feel like too, you know, so, um, I personally would not hold what we got this past weekend to every mile and a half. Uh, we had some great mile and a half races last year and I, and I think, we will as well this year, but that leads me to my question that I put out there to you guys on Twitter. What are your takeaways from Vegas this weekend and the rest of the mile and a half tracks? Let's see what you guys had to say. All right, Scott at 1985 Wagner bow tie domination. Not too surprising. 2311 finally had both cars finish track character at the other mile and a half first, hopefully help average opinion not an impressive first race. I feel you. I feel you. Andrew at Racing Cants. And I, I love this one. Worst non-Texas mile and a half race in this next gen era. Not going to worry about one data point, though, at this time. Colder conditions didn't help with a wider contact patch tire. I love that response. That's beautiful. I love it. Uh, Bob at Jumpy Bob. Check out the weather report before you put in your picks for a race weekend. I <laughs> love it. Uh, Chris at Chris Oleg 29. It's going to be a long couple of weeks and months without Chase for me. Uh, yeah, that's going to be rough because that was uh, Chase has been pretty, pretty unstoppable at the uh, at short or um, drawing a blank uh, at the road courses. There we go. I got you. And the mile and a half. Colin at Colin underscore with underscore cars. It was a race. That's about it. Fords looked like they were lacking this week. Don't know if it was a car issue or if they just missed the setups for race trim since they qualified well. Chevy looks tough to beat this year. They've won all three races so far. Isn't that crazy? Uh, EJ at the real EJ Gold. Snooze fest. Then my picks wreck out. Uh, negative three out of ten. Would not recommend. I love it. Uh, Ethan at poke fan underscore 2844, not the best race, but, or not the best race or the worst ever. I'd say a solid seven Jason at J a stone 29 Ford has a little bit of work to do. Yes, they do. Uh, and Jeremy at lost underscore 10 mm socket RCR is off to a strong start this year that they are Austin Hill, man. I wonder I think five, six wins for him. No doubt about that. Uh, Mick at GoDucks5 underscore Mick. Fastest car lost the lead on a pit stop. Fastest car got the lead back on a pit stop. Hashtag pit stops. Love it, Mick. Patty at PJ Coy. Uh, hope the next races are better. Nothing outstanding. And Ryan at Ryan underscore Goodrum. Top 10 Justin Haley. Just up on the wheel all day. Great job. Hope they can do that on all the mile and a half tracks this season. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right. There you have that. What do you say we do a little lap traffic social media? Everybody make sure you check out the website, the lap traffic podcast.com, Facebook, lap traffic podcast, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at lap traffic PC. You've got if you mail. made it this far into the show, please leave a review. 
Tell your friends they can listen to the show on iTunes, Podbean, or their favorite hosting sites. Don't forget about the giveaway. We finally eclipsed 7,000 followers, which is awesome. And I've got an awesome NBC Lat Traffic prize pack to give away at 7,100 followers. Let's keep it going. Uh, let's see. We got some shout outs here. Will at Will Hollowell, 24 photographer, go dogs. And I'm guessing a William Byron fan. Uh, Dale, Junior Fan 88 at Junior Nation Fan 388 helps firefighters with PTSD. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, Costa Oil at Costa Oil CO and Costa Oils. Go get a 10 minute oil change. And they sponsor Ryan Ellis, which is awesome. So go give them a follow and get your oil change there. And JS Diecast at JS Diecast Cars, Diecast Car Collector from Kentucky, Kyle Bush fan. Don't forget. I've got stickers and koozies to give away for free. All you have to do is fill out the contact page, shoot me a DM, whatever. I will send them out to you. I got hoodies, T-shirts, mugs, all that good stuff on the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com. Go check it out. Don't forget, be on the lookout on Twitter for an announcement for this week when you can catch the legendary Aaron Studwell on the sh uh, Twitter, uh, not on the show, on Twitter Spaces. We'll come hang out for about a half hour or so, chat with you guys, and uh, we'll find out what we can expect weather-wise at Phoenix this weekend. And to close out the uh, fantasy, or not fantasy, to close out the social media segment, the very brief social media segment this week, uh, huge shout out to... Uh, the Detroit local, the Drew and Mike podcast, who actually gave me a follow. Like these guys, I grew up listening to on local radio. They are what get me through every morning. And they they switch. They basically took their morning show over uh, to the podcast format, uh, and and they do like three hours daily, uh, Sunday to Thursday, which is that is that's a lot of content to be putting out there, which is great. They are just the best uh, group of guys, that, and, and Trudy, can't forget Trudy Daniels, that I love to listen to. And they gave me a follow. Uh, that may be one of the cooler follows outside of some of the drivers and teams uh, within NASCAR that follow me. They follow today, which is just so cool. So uh, thanks for the shout-out and the follow, guys. Appreciate you. Well, you guys don't do shout-outs because that's a Tom Mazaway thing, which if anyone listens to them, you'll get the two references that I just dropped there. But uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate that very much. All right, it is time for this week's Catching Up With Lap Traffic, a new segment this year, third installment coming at you here in just a second, where I am talking to you guys who have been to this past weekend's race and getting your firsthand experiences of what you thought of the track, facilities, all that good stuff. And this week is very special because to, uh, to join me is former NFL player Mark McMillian, who also was just recently on uh, Level or Chef, Level Up Chef, I, I, it's a tongue twister there, with Gordon Ramsay, and uh, we're going to talk some football, some NASCAR, and all that good stuff. So here we go with this week's Catching Up with Lab Traffic. All right, Lab Traffic Nation, joining me on the line, making his debut on the show, he is an Emmy Award winner, recently on Next Level Chef, played in the NFL with the Eagles and the Chiefs. Welcome to the Lap Trap Podcast, Mark McMillian. Mark, what's up, brother? How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I know this is a different space. Everybody's like, NASCAR? Like, what are, you know, how, how did you get into NASCAR? But, uh, you know, it, it's something that 
evolved over the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm excited to be on the show. That's awesome, man. No, I'm excited to have you on. Thank you very much for, for coming on. Um, we'll, we'll get to Las Vegas here in a few minutes, but so you, how long have you been a fan and, and what drew you to the sport? Um, I've always been a fan, even uh, when I was a young guy, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, my cousins, they lived in uh, Orange County and, you know, there was a, I can't remember the guy's name. I was like eight or nine years old. Uh, I think it was uh, Pearson was his last name. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. David, yeah. David Pearson. Yeah. Pearson. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he lived around, he really lived uh, around the corner from my cousins when we were little and he always had these cars racing up and down the streets and you know as a kid you just hear the vibration and you hear the you know you get the noise you're like wow that guy's a nascar driver but coming from my neighborhood in, in south central la there was no nascar interest so sure. you know we just grabbed the basketball and football so over the last couple of years uh partnered up with a buddy of mine uh, anthony martin out of philadelphia who has a uh, urban youth racing school um that's actually partners with uh, kyle larson uh, so, you know, last uh, two years ago when he won the cup, uh, he invited me. I went to Philadelphia. Kyle was there doing the interviews. I got a chance to take a picture with the cup. And, you know, it just kind of blew up. Everybody's like, how did you get a picture with the cup? You know, That's how awesome. did you get a picture with, you know, Kyle Larson? So, you know, it's been a been a good run and, you know, just trying to get more into the sport because uh, these guys are athletes too. You know, when Absolutely. you look at this sport and see that these guys got to be in these cars for hours on end, and have to drive those automobiles that speeds up up to 200 miles an hour. With it's nuts. barely a sheet of paper between the next car, right? Like that's <laughs> that's the crazy thing. I saw your picture with Larson uh, from from the track this weekend. That's awesome. That's a cool backstory there. On, on. so I imagine uh, is Larson's your driver? Were you rooting for him uh, on Sunday when that last caution was, came out, man? For, I was rooting. Yeah, I was rooting for Kyle. You know, I went to the race last year here in Vegas. I uh, went to the race in uh, Arizona last year. And, okay. you know, he didn't win either one. So I was like, am I a bad luck omen? <laughs> and, you know, then watching the race today, you know, watching the race over the weekend, the 24 car, man, he was, uh, you know, he was rolling. So, you know, um, you know, that one little mistake. And I always think, like, should he have pitted? Should he have used one tire, two tires? You know, it was so close. Uh, getting off that pit row and that kind of cost them the victory absolutely man man that's I, i'm i'm glad you get into it man that's so cool um <laughs> all right we, i gotta change i gotta change directions here we gotta turn right here for a minute uh and, and we gotta talk a little football here all right so first i gotta start with this so you played with the eagles and the chiefs who are both in the super bowl this year who are you rooting for man uh, I was rooting for the uh, for the Eagles. You know, Eagles. a lot of people were like, what are you doing? But I was like, hey, get drafted in the 10th round, number 272. There was many coaches and GM said, there's no way you're going to get drafted. You're too small. You're not going to make it in the league. And the Philadelphia Eagles took a chance on me, uh, you know, coming out of Alabama. And things just worked out. I was a four-year starter there in Philadelphia. And obviously after that, you know, things just kind of uh, materialized. People were like, wow, this guy really can play. And you know, being in Philadelphia, if you can play in Philly, uh, right. especially the defense that we had uh, back in the day with Reggie White, Jerome Brown, uh, Eric Allen, you know, Seb Joyner. There were so many amazing players, Randall Cunningham uh, on that team that, you know, I was just a kid in the candy store every time I went out to play. You know, I just played with a lot of passion, a lot of energy. And that's just the way I live my life. And I, I think that's why things are continue to happen for me over the years, just moving away from the footballs 
uh, aspect and now NASCAR grilling, you know, so it, it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm, I'm doing, but I'm, I'm honored. I'm blessed for this opportunity to be able to uh, share this platform because there could be some kid in the, in their neighborhood, inner city neighborhood to be like, you know, I'm not interested in NASCAR. Why would I want to go to a NASCAR race? And hopefully he'll hear your story and be like, yo, Mark McMillan went to a NASCAR race, hung out with the guys and had a blast yep. at the race. Yeah. That's so cool, man. I love it. Um, all right. So for, for everyone listening, so Mark's got a, a, a Alabama shirt on and <laughs> roll time. Roll time. <laughs> okay. So here's, you know, I'm based out of Detroit, so I've got to tie in my team, Michigan and the Detroit lions. So, um, I was born and raised Michigan fan. Alabama and Michigan have played only four times. And the inaugural time was in 1988, the hall of fame bowl. Um, mm-hmm. by, by, re- by, by the numbers, it looks like you were on that team at that time. Did you play Michigan? I did not play Michigan. I missed them by, I think a year or two. I, I got, I came out in 91, 92. Okay. Uh, so I did go to the bowl game when they played in Florida, uh, when Charles Woodson, you know, his yeah. years when he was at Michigan. So I get, I did get a chance to see the greatness as a, as a, as his youth age. So you know, I didn't get a plan to play against Michigan, but I did get a chance to play against Penn State. So that was like a that was pretty cool That's coming cool. from California. Right. All of a sudden, I'm at Alabama. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, uh, I messaged you last night. I'm like, I've I'm going to tie in the Detroit Lions, and I'm sure you're like, what the <laughs> hell? How the hell are you going to tie me and the Detroit Lions together? So uh, being a Detroit Lions fan, a season ticket holder, like. You know, all we can do really is look back at the past because we haven't done much, right? Now, this past year was a great year for us, but so, you know, you played for Washington. So 1995, you were with Philly. 99, you played with Washington. The Lions played those two teams those two years in the playoffs. And now here's the crazy thing. The Lions have only made the playoffs three times since then. So could you please come out of retirement <laughs> and go play with the team because then we might make the playoffs. I, I don't think they like me in Detroit. Uh, you go back to that game where we played them and I think it was 94 when Lomas Brown was like, you know, you know, we're, we're going to go down and beat them. They had the number one scoring offense with Mitchell. Uh, you had Johnny Morton. You had, uh, you know, Herman Moore. Yeah. Uh, you had Brett Perryman. You know, you had Barry Sanders. Uh, I had an opportunity to see Barry a couple of weeks ago uh, at their premiere. Uh, with the with the show that he did with the uh, Hall of Fame's uh, players as well as the Heisman Trophy winners, and I did whisper in his ear. I said, <laughs> "What happened to you guys in that playoff game?" He's like, "Man, I still have nightmares about that game." So you know, I don't think the Detroit fan base is too happy with me. Still, I still play that clip of you know making the plays uh, against Scott Mitchell because they just came in. Like I said, they had the number one scoring offense, yeah. and you know when they have Barry Sanders on the back end. Uh, you know that we we had to be ready, so we were, we were definitely ready uh, to play them, and you know we came out on the on the victorious side. I love it, man. All right, uh, let's make another hard turn. Next level chef, man. Uh, I mean, how how does how did you get into that? Like, how, how does how does something like that happen for 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 someone like you? You know, it's, I, I'm still in shock that it happened. You know, it, it went way back till I think March of la- no February of last year. Um, a young man was messaging me through Facebook and say, Hey, are you Mark McMillan? And of course I'm like, you can look at my profile. Yes. I'm Mark. McMillan. Uh, you know, so, you know, he just said, Hey, we're doing a casting for next level chef with Gordon Ramsay. Would you be interested? 
And I'm thinking like, it's almost like being drafted. You right. know, the, the Eagles, I'm going I'm to give you a little snippet. When the Eagles drafted me, um, I saw my name go on the bottom of the ticker. I get the phone call and I, I'm thinking somebody playing a prank on me. Wow. So I hang up the phone. <laughs> I hung up the phone. And then I look at the ticker again. I see my name go across again. And then the coach calls back and say, hey, you know, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. We would like to draft you. And I was like, oh, I had a bad connection in my dorm room. My <laughs> apologies. I'm excited to be an Eagle. Uh, so, you know, it was almost kind of like that same vibe, uh, getting a message. Gordon Ramsay. Right. I, I just cook in my backyard. You know, I'm just a griller. And uh, I obviously – it just took a turn of its own, and I just started making different things around the house, uh, worked on my plating, and, you know, just went through the interview process. I think they has like, 15,000 applicants wow. uh, that applied for this show. And I'm thinking, like, the chances of me going against some guys and females who are actual chefs. Sure, sure. These are actually real chefs that work in restaurants. Uh, this is their passion. This is their career. But anytime I put my mind to something, I was like, hey, if I'm going to selected to the show i'm gonna go out there and do the best that i can and try to learn along the process and and just see how I, see how it goes and sure. you know obviously made it onto the show and then when we get there i was on gordon ramsey's team That's so, so he cool. couldn't get any better right <laughs> um all right real quick and then we'll we'll wrap with some nascar stuff what what's your what's your go-to like all right if i'm cooking for somebody and i want to impress what what, what what's mark making what what's what's the go-to I, people always ask me that i'll make anything I like you know it. i'll yes. try anything especially being on this show you know you, you if you watch the show the platform comes down you got like 30 seconds to grab whatever you can grab yep and whatever you grab you got 45 minutes to make that dish uh the best dish that you can make and, and try to survive in the competition so Whatever I have in the kitchen, you know, I'll whip it up and make it t taste like a four-course meal. I love it. But like I said, I'm a griller. I'm a barbecue guy. Uh, but lately, I've been doing some fish, some chicken, uh, some really nice little cuisines. I've been doing Chinese food of lately because uh, that was part of the challenge. I, I got knocked it. out doing Chinese food. So I said, I'm going to continue to dive into this Chinese culture and try to make as many Chinese dishes as I can and just try to expand my brand. I love it. Um, all right, so let's let's wrap with some NASCAR. Uh, you were at Las Vegas. You know, talk about your experience, you know, getting to the facility, arriving there, the fans interacting with that, you know, you know, sum up your 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 trip to the to, to the race this past weekend. Um amazing. Um I, I get so excited, you know, when the season's over, I look for the schedule. Um, you know, I, I want to go to Daytona. I missed out on that. Um I know they're talking about Talladega's a huge one. Being in Alabama, you know, it's yeah. a huge race. Uh, you know, so just the whole week leading up to it, I was just excited. You know, I was tweeting and talking about I'm going to be at the races and everybody just started catching on. Like, he's like really serious about this NASCAR. And then, you know, just leading up to it, going to the garages, uh, seeing how they work on the cars. Uh, got a chance to talk to Kyle uh, before the race. You'll probably see that picture of me standing next to yep. his car uh, on, on in pit row. So got a chance to talk to him, uh, his right-hand man, his, uh, his his manager as well. We text all the time. He's a huge golfer. Uh, so just, just being excited about it, um, you know, and just try to integrate more people into the sport, try to bring more people of color to the sport, sure, you know, sure. because it's a sport that was known to traditionally, traditionally to not be catered to, you know, different cultures. And now uh, you look at different drivers who are African-American drivers. Uh, you look at the pit crew. Absolutely. These pit guys are former players, yes. like former NFL players, former college players who are built forward tough. 
And just to see the whole uh, the dynamic of the thing just work out. Um, like I said, I, I have a blast. Uh, yeah, you know, NASCAR really takes uh, very seriously. You know, they they've invested in, into that with the with their Drive for Diversity program. <laughs> Put it, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Um, you know, and that was some of the part I, I, the way I got into uh, the NASCAR space through the diversity program uh, through Brandon, uh, who's who's the head guy of the diversity program. Uh, so when I talk to people and they're and I'm dropping these names, people are like, "How do you know these people in NASCAR?" Right. So. I dive into something, you know, I go all in, try to learn their history, the background of the sport. Uh, so I know I'm not just going out there watching cars go around in circles. I want to know the dynamic, how it works, the fuel, the tires, you know, the engineering of it. So sure. it, it's a whole, I, I, I highly recommend people to attend a NASCAR race. And if you have an opportunity to go in the pit area, uh, you know, I highly recommend that. Absolutely. And I, I may be a little spoiled. I was like, I don't think I can sit in the stands <laughs> after being in the pits and watching the whole race, but it's a great experience. Uh, I look forward to going to more races. I should be at the race uh, in Dover. Uh, plan on being at that race as well. Obviously, they come back here to Vegas at the end of the season. Then the championship is in, in uh, Arizona at the end of the year. So I, I, I'm in it, man. So I'm just trying to see how many races I can make. I love that, man. Well, listen, I tell you what, I mean, I had a blast. Uh, you got an open invite. You want to come on after any race you go to, man. Uh, you're more than welcome to come on. Uh, we can go a little deeper into some football. We can go a little deeper into the racing. And uh, <laughs> there you go. We, we can have a good time, man. Um, listen, Mark, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes out of a, of a busy day to come on and uh, hang out with me. Um, I'll have the show posted later tonight. Uh, tell everybody where they can follow you on social media and keep up with what Mark's got going on. Um, they can follow me on Twitter at Mark McMillan 29, uh, Instagram at McMillan 29 as well. And then if you're interested in my olive oils, I have six infused olive oils as well that I just launched a month ago uh, on my website at grillingmcmillan.com. That's a uh, great you can name. Great name. Yeah, it all, it all <laughs> works out, man. I got lucky. I got real lucky, and I'm, I'm in the process of launching my barbecue sauce again. Uh, that will be available in Vegas, uh, Kansas City, uh, Arizona, and Philadelphia. So my product is kind of growing and expanding in the uh, in the world. And I I did uh, Kyle did say my season. I gave him some season last year. They said they uh their his chef cooked it up before the race, and he really loved my spices. So. I need to get him to hold one of my spices just one time. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I love that. That's, that's really cool. Now I have to have you back on. Cause I've got, we got to talk more. We got to talk more grill and all that good stuff. All right. You got to talk barbecue. Hell you got to talk yes. barbecue. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. Listen, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. It was an honor to have you on the show and look forward to keeping up in contact with you. Talk to you soon, man. All right. Thank you for having me on. And I look forward to coming back. Thanks brother. We'll see ya. I mean, what an awesome addition to catching up with lap traffic there. I mean, I get there was a lot of crossover today, but I mean, I ain't turning down talking to Dan Wetzel. I ain't talking, turning down talking to a former NFL player who was at a NASCAR race this weekend. And if you've listened to the show, uh, you know I love to talk some football. So there you have that. All right. Uh, I think it's time for some lap traffic fantasy. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, let's close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Check the website to see who you still have available. Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LTFantasy. Joining me on the line right now uh, is one of the players who scored in the top three this week. It is Chad Harrington. What's up, man? How are you? 
Hey, Brennan, how's it going? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. Um, yep. Chad, this is your second year in the league? Yeah, I think it's my second year. I uh, I did it back, uh, I believe, the first year of Lap Traffic Podcast, and then I took a couple years off, and now I'm back on. Well, welcome. Glad to have you back, man. Thanks. Glad to be back. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely changed since the first year, that's for sure. What do you think of the format? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a lot different. Uh, I mean, I, I really like how it's segmented now and gives everybody a chance to kind of, you know, make up for if you have a bad uh, bad first few uh, races and you can kind of work your way into the playoffs that way. It's uh, I feel like it's going to really make it a little bit more competitive towards the end. Absolutely. Well, and now with the uh, the truck pick limits and all of that, uh, you know, hopefully this is the, the finessed bread and butter we've been looking for and, you know, can not have to make too many changes next year. That's my goal. So um, let's see here, Chad. Uh, I mean, you nailed it and knocked it out of the park. Uh, Bubba Wallace, Justin Allgaier, and Zane Smith. I'm going to, I mean, Allgaier obviously lights out at the mile and a half track. Zane Smith just lights out wherever. Uh, But I got to ask, what made you go with Bubba Wallace this week? Man, I just, I had a hunch. I know that towards the end of last year, he had a lot of speed on the mile and a halfs. And I knew that if he could keep, you know, if he could keep the fenders on it, I felt like he would have a solid finish. And uh, I kind of joked with my wife. I noticed that uh, I didn't watch much of the truck or the Xfinity race, honestly. But I noticed that Zane came in second and Algar second as well. And I kind of looked at my wife Sunday morning and said, hey, you know, I imagine Bubba's probably going to finish second based on these other two. That's just going to be about right. <laughs> that have been awesome. I mean, was he fourth? But, hey, I'll take, take a fourth. fourth. Yeah. <laughs> All day. All day. But- yeah. Picked up 130 points this week, which is very nice. Uh, I had Chastain, Custer, and Eckes, who did who did okay. I got 96 points, but I still got a lot of work to do. But like you said, uh, you know the way things work, it's it's possible. And here's the awesome part: uh, 10th place to 40th are only separated by 60 points. And you may think 60 points is a lot. Well, some players like this week, Joy Logano only got one point. You know, and when you when you look at the average of, you know, 30 to 40 points and, you know, that attrition will will play and, and come into play. So 60 points is easily made up when we're talking uh, we're only three weeks into the season. So uh, if, if you're towards the bottom, like myself, don't uh, you know, don't fret. Keep the picks coming. And uh, who knows where you'll be in a couple weeks? That's that's for sure. Uh, did you get to watch the cup race at all? Yeah, I got to watch, uh, I would say, probably three-quarters of the cup race, and uh, you know, it was a great race. It was just it was just like a Hendrick train at the front, though. I mean, it, it was kind of like you knew that it was going to be a Hendrick car that was going to win after the first stage. It just kind of seemed like it was going to be that kind of day, but it, it was, just kind of, which one was it going to be? Was it going to be Larson or Byron? Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, for sure. For sure. Uh, all right. I'm going to run through the standings here real quick, and then we will make some picks. Uh, currently in first with 331, Eric McCollum. In second with 326, Benton Wilson. Uh, in third with 306 is Jeff Clock. Uh, fourth with 300 is Gina. In fifth with 299 is Kristen. In sixth with 297 is Crystal. Uh, seventh with 290 is Brian. Uh, also in seventh with 290 is Matt Dabrowski. In eighth, we got Patty Coy. Ninth, 283, we got Eldon. Uh, in tenth is uh, Jeff, uh, Junior's uh, Creations there with 282. 
Um, let's see. Chad, you're in 12th, 277. So you're right there, man. You're, you're right there. Another solid week. And you will definitely be in the top 10. No doubt about that. Yeah, I made quite a jump there. I think I was somewhere in the 20th or 30th range before this weekend. See, it's so possible. I mean, there's so much movement, especially early on right now. And uh, once people start, you know, using up all their picks, uh, you know, if, if, if you strategize, you can make up ground. That's that's for sure. So. All righty, man. You want to make some picks for this week? All right. Left Traffic Fantasy. We are headed back west for the final lag of the west coast swing this weekend in phoenix which i think it's safe to say it is no longer kevin harvick's playground anymore he hasn't won there since march of 2018 nine trips to phoenix without a win for kevin harvick and honestly because of things closing out the uh championship there all three manufacturers have some wins and so this week i am going to base my picks off the last couple spring races and not the playoff championship uh races there at phoenix and see if i can't make up some ground Let's close this thing out with uh, the West Coast Swing. Who's going to get to victory lane in the desert? We will find out this weekend. But first, it is time for our picks. Chad, who are you going with in the Xfinity Series? Well, uh, I think based on uh, the, the success that uh, John Hunter Nemechek had at, uh, at Fontana, I think I'm going to carry that over and take John Hunter Nemechek to Fontana. I mean, for uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, sorry. I like that. I, I'm, I'm going safe because I do need some points. Uh, I am going to go with Justin Allgaier in the Xfinity Series this weekend. And let's see, the Cup cup race Sunday afternoon. Who do you got, Chad? Let's stick with the 20. Let's, uh, let's go with Christopher Bell. I like that. 20 for 20. Uh, sometimes that pays off, man. That's, that's for sure. A lot of people have... Uh, uh, this past weekend, doubled down on the eights. Uh, they went with uh, Kyle Busch and Josh Berry this past week. So uh, I'm going to go with the 12 of Ryan Newman. Ford is struggling as of late. Or I'm sorry, the 12 of Ryan Newman. The 12 of Ryan Blaney. Uh, Ford struggled a little bit this past weekend. Uh, let's see if they can bounce back. He's done pretty well there in the past. So there you have it. All right, man. Well, listen, thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate you. Best of luck the rest of the uh, season, and maybe we'll talk to you again soon. Definitely. Hope to be back on next week if I can uh, pull off another solid weekend. Let's do it, brother. All right, man. We'll catch you later. All right, Lat Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 305 of the Lat Traffic Podcast. Check out the website, thelattrafficpodcast.com. Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lat Traffic PC. Huge thanks to Dan Wetzel, Mark McMillian, and Chad Harrington for calling into the show tonight. We'll see. I, how do you top this? I don't know. It's going to take me a minute. So we'll uh, see what we can come up with for next week. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Lat Traffic Podcast. See ya.